There was an old lady who swallowed a fly. I don't know why she swallowed a fly. Perhaps she'll die. There was an old lady who swallowed a spider. It wriggled and jiggled and giggled inside her. She swallowed a spider to catch the fly. I don't know why she swallowed the fly. Perhaps she'll die. The fly and the spider ate her from the inside. All of her guts were completely fried. They ate her heart, her stomach, and spleen. They ate her liver with some fava beans. Guess what? She fucking died. <laughs> killer bug movies on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Mary, Mary, why you bugging? It's time again for Attack of the Killer podcast. I'm your creepy crawly host, Insane Mike, and this is episode 215 that we are calling Buggin'. That's right, horror movies about killer bugs. If this happens to be your first time listening to Attack of the Killer podcast, well, we're a horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together and talk about their common bond, their love for Taylor Swift. Wait, and what? then when they're done... <laughs> Doing that, uh, we hit record and talk about uh, horror movies. Yeah, and we pick a topic. We uh, discuss free films uh, in that topic openly and freely. So there's probably going to be spoilers. Now, if you like the show and want even more Attack of the Killer podcast in your life, check out our site jointheattackers.com. That's jointheattackers. There's an s there. dot com. Uh, there, there you can become an actual member of the attackers. Now being an attacker gets you all kinds of special privileges that only a member can receive. You get bonus episodes. So you'll have new attack of the killer podcast every single week. But if that's, um, if that's not enough for you, well, you also get various videos from our weekly Patreon videos in say Mike's one minute top 10 list. Uh, and our new monthly killer critiques show. Uh, and there's even more you could get from like shout outs on the show uh, to our new killer podcast shirt and even more stuff coming. We're always yeah. coming up with stuff. It's awesome. Yep. So you could check it all out at jointheattackers.com and get more attack of the killer podcasts in your life. That's at jointheattackers.com. <laughs> And become an official attacker today, just like our two new attackers, oh, Joe and Ryan from the show Late Night Psych- Psychorama. It's an awesome show. They're awesome guys. And Jason and I were even on their uh, newest episode of uh, Late Night Psychorama. So Excursion you- 63. So you need to check out their show right here on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. And they also have the uh, Patreon for their show. So if you like their show, and you will. Uh, you can help support their show as well. So, but nevertheless, welcome guys to the attackers family. Right now, I would like you to meet these attackers that are part of the show. That's right. It's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. When he went to when he went to the bathroom, there was a roach on the toilet seat, so we peed on it, and the roach was pissed off. Andy, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and then I smoked it, the the roach, actually. Oh, yes. Hi. On the last day of his vacation, he stayed at the Papa Roach Motel 
it was his last resort. Jason. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening. Oh, this is a special intro just for him. Sometimes my intros really bug him. Sometimes they take him off. At least he doesn't fly off the handle. Tad. That's a pretty good one. I'll take that. <laughs> Hello. And now our very special guest, all the way from the amazing Geeking Poetic Podcast, right here on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, Vito Marchese, everybody. Hey, and you pronounced my last name correctly. Thank you. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Nobody ever does that, so bravo, man. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. I'm good at that. I might have helped him. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome, Vito. How's it going? It's going, guys. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Why don't you tell everybody at home a little bit about your show, Geeking Poetic? So as you said, Geeking Poetic is on the PFPN network, which we're very proud to be on. Um, Our show focuses more, I think, a little bit more on the geeky side of things. We do a lot of pop culture stuff, um, science fiction shows. We have toy review shows. Um, I do that along with my friends Larry and Megan. Uh, We've been doing that for about two, two and a half years now, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, we do a YouTube channel, too, where we do some silly videos that coincide with the topic of the month. Um, yeah, we're just having a good time. Awesome. It's a great awesome. show. I, lo- I love, I mean, I lo- obviously, I love the show, but you guys, it's awesome watching your, your guys' videos, your little uh, tr- uh, teaser videos and stuff. You, you go all out, and it's always <laughs> hilarious to watch. I love yeah, those. those are those are fun to do, man. That's probably my favorite thing that we do. <laughs> Well, thanks for being on, man. So pumped to have you. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. Absolutely. Now, Attack of the Killer podcast is sponsored by Shudder. Shudder is one of the largest selections of horror movies on a premium streaming service. So Shudder has so much for any horror fan, so check them out. And if you're not sure you want to subscribe, try a month for free. Thanks to all the kick-ass people here at Attack of the Killer podcast. That's right. We are the podcast that just keeps on giving. Get a full month of Shutter for free by entering our promo code AOTKP. Trust me when I say once you will start, you will not stop. Again, the promo code is AOTKP. Shutter. It's just like Pringles. You can't eat just one. And now it's time for Tad and what we watched. All right, welcome to what we watched. I'm going to actually call upon myself first because I usually go last and I have quite a bit I've watched recently. So I'm just going to cut in line because it's my segment and I do what I want. (laughs) Um, I I think it was last week we watched Shocking Dark for the... uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, watch party for the AOTKP watch party. We host those now almost uh, every other week. So, you know, check us out on Facebook and join us. They're a lot of fun. And this one was a blast. It was a alien knockoff that turned into a Terminator knockoff. Um, (laughs) Perfect for a watch party just because it's so ridiculous, but it was entertaining. Never seen it before. I've I've seen that poster about a million times because the poster says Terminator uh, 2, right? And everybody yep, yep. it's just so confusing they clearly trying to knock it off but um i really enjoy that one 
I watched a new release from the horror collective called Blood Vessel. It's a World War II era zombie or um, vampire film. It's uh, I did not really enjoy it to be honest. Uh, visually really cool. The idea was sort of cool. This group uh, is abandoned out in the ocean on a life raft. They come upon an abandoned um, Nazi ship, has the whole swastika flags, everything. They board the ship. They think it's completely empty, and slowly they realize they're not alone, and there's some vampires on there. And uh, they wake up the vampires, and obviously shit goes down. And the vampires are very much like the bat-looking vampires where they're almost not human at all. I I thought from the premise, you know, like Nazi ship, vampires, this could be badass, cool title, blood vessel, you know, play on words. (laughs) Um, Yeah, not not so much. It took me four different sessions to finish it. Like I had to come back to it and it was tough. But I if I start something, I'm going to finish it. And I did. Um, Someone might like it. Like I said, visually really cool the colors and stuff and it has practical effects which i is a plus but um overall i i could have found something better to do with that hour and a half um i've been going to the drive-in almost every weekend in bluegrass which is about an hour and a half from home and we saw the new dave franco directed the rental it's the first time he's directed a film Mm. uh has his wife and mike's um crush in it and she uh has i'm like really bad with names um allison brie so i had her and it had the kid that plays lip and shameless i'm bad with his name but he's he's a good actor has dan daniel stevens i think is what his name is uh from the guest he's really good in it and uh has the the lead girl from a girl walks home alone at night so all four of the main characters are recognizable from other things um he Dave Franco co-wrote it with a friend and it was his direct his first time he directed. Um, I thought he did very good. It was really cool. I mean, of course it was probably ramped up because I'm seeing a new horror movie in a drive-in, which is really cool. But it, this movie starts as sort of a, I, I don't even know how much to say because I don't want to spoil <laughs> it for you guys. Cause you need to just watch yeah. it, but it is really good. I think you guys will all dig it. Uh, has anyone else seen this one yet? I, I saw it this weekend and I, I loved it too. I yeah. didn't want to because uh, because of Mike and his girlfriend's not boyfriend. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it. I, I I thought it was great. It was really intense. What's the name again? The Rental. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah, so what I can say about it without spoiling it, I guess, is that this group of uh, it's two brothers and their girlfriends go take a vacation and they do like a uh, Airbnb, they rent out a big, nice house and shit goes bad. It's not exactly what they expected for a vacation. And I won't say anything else beyond that because it has a lot of good twists and turns and you just need to watch it. I would recommend that one, not blood vessel. So watch the rental, not blood vessel. Um, uh, Friday night, I started something that I did not think I would finish in one sitting and I ended up watching all of it. I checked out in search of darkness on shutter, which is a, over four hour long documentary on eighties horror. Um, I didn't hate it as much as Larry seemed to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he really did. <laughs> yeah. He was, I think Larry might've done the like pre-order on uh GoFundMe or whatever they did where they charge you like 40 bucks for a burnt Blu-ray. And he was, I felt 
I think he felt a little bit ripped off from it. Um, there's probably nothing in this documentary that nobody that is on this podcast or even listens to this podcast doesn't know. Um, it's really just like they go year by year and go through eighties horror movies and sort of touch on the biggest ones. There was not a title I hadn't seen on this and it was interesting to see some cool talking heads that, that have some fun stories, but they give everybody like 15 seconds to talk about the movie and there's just not, it's not very in depth. It's good to have in the background as I was editing a podcast or, uh, you know, having dinner or whatever. It was just something to play while you're, if you're cleaning the living room or something, but it's not something that I would recommend sitting down for four hours and investing in because it's like I said, nothing really new. Has anyone else seen this one? Um, I did. It's funny. I was actually one of the crowdfunders for their for their documentary, but I still haven't watched it. Um, I actually ordered it for uh, my best friend, and I sent it to her for Christmas. But they sent me the digital copy. I just haven't had time to watch it. And this has been eight months now, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I heard my buddy watched it um, on his own, and he said some of the same complaints you've had. Is it's not very much in depth. It's stuff we already kind of knew about, and it's not really worth watching. I don't know how you know how how true that is, but sounds like it is i don't know yeah i i mean i don't know i i sort of had a um heads up i guess from different people saying basically the same thing so i sort of knew what i was getting into and it's purely nostalgia it's like remember this one remember this one you know and it's just these uh sort of sort of actors that you see at every horror convention talking about the movies that you see at every horror convention um you know, and that's that's okay. It's fine. And if you're if somebody who's new to horror, this would be a really cool introduction for them. Like if I would have saw this in the '90s, I would and before I saw all these movies, it would have been like mind blowing. I would be like, oh, I need to check out this one. I've been writing them down, you know. Uh, but uh-huh. it, it just hit Shutter this week. I, I think Friday it just hit Shutter, so or Thursday, so uh, it's on there now. And uh, like I said, it's not groundbreaking by any means, but. I watched it once. I won't watch it again, but it was fine. <clears throat> Almost done with my list on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday we went and saw Gremlins and the Goonies at the drive-in double feature. That was a blast just because those, I, I forget there's some connections between those two movies where they reference each other. Um, just some fun little, you know, nods and stuff, both produced by Steven Spielberg, uh, classics of the eighties. Obviously I was very excited to see Gremlins. I've, I've seen the Goonies, probably too many times because I have an older brother who just, you know, this was something we watched probably three times a week for fucking five years. Uh, and I've seen gremlins a million times too, but seeing it at the drive in was just on the big screen in your car in the summer, you know, just really cool. Obviously it's more of a Christmas movie, but it was still rad to see it on the big screen. And, um, the last movie and this one comes highly, highly, highly recommended. It feels like I'm just pushing shutter because, uh, they're our sponsor, but I'm not. I watched the new movie Host that just dropped this weekend, and it was awesome. It's the first um, movie, I guess, the sort of first release that was filmed completely during the quarantine, and it's from the perspective of completely shot on Zoom. Obviously, it wasn't actually shot on Zoom, but it they did a damn good job making it seem like that. Um, the, the story of it's pretty simple. This group, I think of like five girls and one guy join a medium. They hire a medium to do a seance over zoom because they're basically stuck at home and bored. And, uh, as you can imagine, shit goes really bad. 
Uh, this movie's only like 63 minutes. It's not, it's like just over an hour and it's really creative and really cool. It sort of gives off that um, unfriended. I think it was the, the dark web one sort yeah. of has that vibe, but this is something a little different because it's, it's so prevalent to how we're all getting along right now, staying at home and, and stuff. So I highly recommend this one uh, had my, my, my wife was really sort of freaking out. It was getting her. She was terrified through the whole thing. Uh, so a lot of great jump scare, something to pop some popcorn, turn off the lights and you know, it's only an hour. So you can watch f- the host four times in the time you watch in search of darkness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my, uh, what I watched. I will kick it over to Andy. What have you watched? Well, I am, I didn't get as much as, in as I would have liked to, um, mainly because I was watching uh, the documentary, which is a horror movie in and of itself. It's not really a horror, but uh, I watched Surviving R. Kelly, and it yikes! Is, <laughs> it is it is so freaking difficult. You know, it, it was just it had the same vibe as that uh, filthy rich uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Ugh. you know like once you once you start like peeling the band-aid you might as well just like rip it off because i mean you just you you gotta finish it and uh w- wow uh there's there's this one scene where this mother literally has to rescue her daughter from a hotel and uh i'll spoil a little bit for you but um and this is like just the tip of the iceberg, but she has to go to LA into Beverly Hills to this hotel where this girl is being literally forced to stay because she's been brainwashed. And if you look at this girl, like in the pictures, you know, it's this, you know, obviously underaged uh, black girl and she, and, she, and she's pretty from the picture because she has, you know, shoulder length um, black hair. And, uh, by the time that they, the mother got to her, she had, uh, you know, basically full sleeve tattoos on both arms. Cause her mother hadn't seen her in, I think over three years. And she, the, the girl wasn't, a, you know, these girls aren't allowed to eat, aren't allowed to talk, aren't allowed to say or do anything without R Kelly's permission. Right. So when they finally find her, this girl has, you know, very short hair, you know, a flat build cap. And basically one of the employees said, um, basically, uh, from what I, from what I could tell, and I'm paraphrasing that this was since she was very tomboyish to begin with, R. Kelly made her, uh, dress and basically made her look like a boy. So he was her, you know, quotation fingers, boy toy. Like, yeah. So, yeah, this is the the disturbing shit that I was watching. And I was just like, why can't I, you know, I'd rather watch Day of the Dead. I'd rather watch somebody's fucking intestines fall out. Um, Yeah, real life is much more horrific than anyone anyone can write. Yeah. Oh God. So yeah, this, and this is just, this is a five part series and this is just one of the stories, dude. And that, what, that's one of the more intense ones, but there's still, um, there were still families out there that hadn't seen their daughters, you know, 
in you know a couple of years because he was going to help them with their careers and it's just this this guy is uh a real pile of dog shit um the other, the other thing that I watched, I watched part of Charlie's Farm, which is kind of like an Australian uh, uh, kind of Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe. I didn't, you know, I can't really say that I've watched all of it, but uh, I know that from what I saw, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, Bill Mosley and Kane Hodder and uh, Tara Reed are actually in it. And wow, Tara Reed is literally, I mean, I hate to sound like an asshole here, but she is like literally the most horrifying thing in that movie so far. Um, and, uh, in order to like, kind of like calm my nerves from what I was watching, I actually watched a uh, haunted honeymoon with the wife, uh, with, uh, Gilda Radner and, um, uh, Gene Wilder. And yeah, it, it wasn't bad. It, it, it helped me, helped me laugh and helped me. Uh, it was kind of like, uh, you know, uh, palate cleanser from you know so, you know if you can cleanse your palate after watching something like that uh from uh surviving r kelly so yeah and and i watched uh shocking dark with you guys and those are the ones i just really wanted to uh, kind of touch on so i mean if you do watch surviving um r kelly be ready for like you know to wash your eyes out with soap yeah. well well just yeah the- Angry, it's angering, yeah. Yeah, be 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 prepared to have like an MMA fight with your fucking soul. <laughs> you know, it's is what I'm saying. It's because that's what it kind of is. So, yeah, monsters do exist, people, and they walk amongst us. That's all I got. Yeah, I watched I watched that when it aired originally on VH1, and it was just horrifying. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know. I, I would guess I recommend it if people want to know the truth of about that but he's finally facing charges and getting what he deserves so oh god um, yeah Gen- um, general population too none of this protective custody bullshit yeah yeah he deserves the worst that can come to him one thing i forgot to mention that i was on my list because uh it's not a movie and it's so it's not on my letterbox i watched season three of mtv scream I I watched the first season when it aired. I did not watch the second season because it didn't necessarily, um, I don't know, it didn't keep me invested, I, I guess I would say. The first season, I sort of just watched it because it was there. But season three, it was done in like six parts with 40-minute episodes. They They filmed it, and then they sat on it for like two years on the shelf, and then they brought it back. And season three does not follow season two at all. Oh, perfect. That's my question. I yeah. have seen season one and I liked season one a lot, but they completely restart. It's a whole new show with all new characters. And as if the first two seasons don't exist, it's just called scream. Um, and they bring back the classic ghost face mask, which is good. Just something about it. Just like having that mask back just makes it feel like scream. And yeah. it's just a, it's a group of teenagers at a high school and they're all getting slowly murdered by Ghostface, and they're all accusing each other of being Ghostface. It's the typical, exactly what you want on a scream. It's a little more um, centered towards and, and pushed towards teens than the films. So there's not a lot of gore and swearing and stuff, but there's, you know, plenty of sexuality and uh, some good jump scares and stuff. 
I, I wouldn't say it's like there's a lot of other things to check out before this, but uh, it was something cool. I sort of just watched an episode each night before as I lay down and went to bed, and it was a quick watch. Like I said, I think it's only like six parts, so it's not even you know it's not uh, not even a full season. It feels like it goes by really quick, and um, I enjoyed it. So yeah. Scream season three. You don't have to watch the first two. And I would say if you don't even bother with the first two, if you're going to watch any, cause this one's better. Cool. Cool. So Jason, what did you watch? Okay. I'll try to blast through the list here. Uh, well, Mike mentioned earlier in the, uh, shout outs to the, the new attackers that we were on an episode, uh, the episode of uh, late night psychorama. And we watched, um, Horror Express from 1972 it has Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing in it. It's the first time I'd seen it, and it's pretty freaking awesome. And Telly Savala sucks. <laughs> no, uh, he doesn't. He's then, awesome uh, in it. He's terrible in that movie. And oh then, my God. listen to the episode. It's it's pretty good. And uh, Neon Maniacs is Woo! also we watched. That was our pick. Um, they pick up one, and we get to pick one, and we got to spread the love of Neon Maniacs and. Two out of three right. liked it, so that was good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, Tina and I, we got to go to our first drive-in of the year, and we both saw Back to the Future and Jurassic Park. That was a really great double good double feature. feature. Yeah, I don't know if I'm supposed to not say or not, but Tina had not seen Jurassic Park before. Well, that's a way to see it, man. I know it was great. Nikki Ooh. hadn't seen it until we started dating either, so yeah. Wow, that's that's cool. that, bogg- that boggles my mind that these people are seen <laughs> Jurassic Park, man. I saw that like four or five times in the theater when it came out. <laughs> yeah, I saw it like when it came out. Saw it, you know, obviously had the VHS. Then they re-released it probably five or so years ago in 3D. Saw it then. Like anytime I can watch fucking Jurassic Park, I'm watching it. Yeah, it's and a I, classic, dude. And I'm I'm not kidding. Like in the next week or two following that, there has been at least three Jurassic Park references in the world. <laughs> that like I'm like, you get that now. Every time it, there's a reference somewhere, I'm just like, hey, you know what that means now? All right. Um, and so I'm also I've been uh, it's a very slow kick, but I'm working on my Roman Polanski films, and Hulu has The Tenant from 1976. And so I finally watched that and I freaking loved it. It stars Roman. He, he's the main character and he basically moves into an apartment that a, the previous tenant had committed suicide. And while he stays in this room, he starts to kind of go crazy and kind of gets to the place that the previous tenant did. And it's, uh, it's really neat and really fun. And, um, it's probably, it's, I don't know. It's, it's definitely not a horror movie. It's more of that other word that I'm not allowed to say on the show. It's a thriller, <sighs> but I, uh, <sighs> and, but there's some fucking, there's some, once it, once shit starts getting crazy there, it's, there's some artistry in what Polanski did. And some of these shots, I fucking, I'm just, I remember sitting on the couch, just kind of like shit in my pants, like, Whoa, you should, you know, they make like medicine for that. Oh, I know. Almost, it's almost like a 1408 kind of vibe. It, I've never seen that. You've never seen 1408? No, you haven't seen it. Nope. <laughs> nope. Anyway, so the tenant, <laughs> I, I, uh, I recommend it and I will hopefully get to watch some more Plansky stuff. I too saw the rental. Fantastic. That's all I'm going to say. 
Uh, Tina and I also watched uh, Inheritance. That's right, it's a 2020 film. Star, well, starring Simon Pegg as kind of the bad guy. Oh. And it's a pretty low-budget movie that has pretty much nobody's in it except for him. And, um, yeah. Did they spend all their budget on Simon Pegg? I, I imagine so. Uh, well, actually, you know, not really. Cause a lot of the, uh, the set pieces, the family is a rich family. So there's like very fancy houses and hotels and cars and things. But so I imagine a good chunk of the budget went to that, but Simon Pegg is great in it. Um, so it's a neat little film. Um, I finally caught Sea Fever. It's on Hulu. I fucking loved it. Nice. Oh, it was so good. And I don't know. It was fun to watch with Tina because she, uh, she kind of yells at the she freaking out. Yeah, yeah. yeah There's a lot was, of like eye bursting. Yeah. Oh, that first one is just incredible. Yeah. Oh man, I love it. Is it, I did. Oh. I was hoping Blood Vessel would be more in that vein when I started it, and it was not. The, I was like, oh, abandoned ship, you know, that kind of thing. Nah. Uh-huh. Nah. Oh, anyway, yeah, I, I recommend it. I loved it a lot. The score was great, too. Uh, then we watched on Hulu as well. We watched The Assistant from 2019. It's, uh, I think it's a female director, and I can't remember. I don't know any of the buddy in the cast, but it, I think, Mike, you might like it. And any of us, you know, in the film industry, it's it, it's kind of a snapshot into the world of an assistant in a, a female assistant in a male-dominated industry. And it's, I mean, it's it's a really neat movie because it it's you're just following her around. So there's like just tons of scenes with like no dialogue, and hmm. and she's just fucking stapling this and cleaning up after that and and you're sounds just, like a blast she's cleaning no, up and no for, but it, <laughs> uh, i knew it <laughs> but it, it's it's hard but they're you know it's it's neat because maybe i like it because there wasn't any real resolution it didn't really go anywhere there wasn't an arc it was just like a hey this is this is this is probably what it's like to have this pretty crappy job. You're um, really not selling it. And it's a <laughs> artistically shot and the score is great. Now leave me alone. Watch the trailer. It looks good. It's on Hulu. Shut up. And then lastly, well not lastly, uh what we we also watched on HBO came out this week um and it's not horror but it was fucking amazing. Motherless Brooklyn written and directed by Ed Norton. Oh yeah. I've heard good. Th- I was hoping you were going to yeah. say like the child star documentary that Alex Winter did on uh, HBO. I want to see that. Not yet. Oh, Alex Winter, you got mics. You got me Attention. awake. Man. Yeah, love me, Alex Winter. Me I'm too. Waiting for that freaking Frank Zappa. What's that? I said Bill S. Preston Esquire. Oh yeah, I'm still waiting for that Frank Zappa documentary he w- he had been working on. He's a busy guy. Yeah. But uh, Ed Norton plays a member of a uh, private eye investigation group back in the heyday of New York. That's very noir, This the movie, but Ed Norton's character has Tourette's. Oh, cool. And 
It's a very big part of the movie. So it's a film noir where the main character has Tourette. Please tell me it's got the noir tropes of the 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 detective narrating. Yep. And yeah. does he do Tourette's during Absolutely. the narrative? Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> Old. No, it's yeah, it's it's fucking great. A femme fatale as well. It's really great. It's, does he, he do any stapling or cleaning? All right, moving on. <laughs> And then <laughs> last, no, it's really good. It's on HBO. It's great. Uh, we watched this and it's a documentary called it started as a joke. And it's a documentary about the Eugene Merman comedy festival. We do a lot of comedy watching Tina and I, and, and Eugene Merman is the guy who plays Gene on Bob's burgers. He's, he's just hilarious. A, ooh, yeah. yeah. And he's just a comedian who's like, and he, you might appreciate this, Mike, cause it's something yeah. that we would do. He started a festival to make fun of other festivals <laughs> and he just named it after himself who was just a guy 10 <laughs> years ago. And so this documentary is about the, the last year, the 10th year, they're going to call it quits because his wife gets cancer Aww. and it gets kind of sad, but everybody who's fucking anybody who's in this movie and it's, and it, and it celebrates Eugene a lot just because cool. he was just like, Every everything that they did was a fucking joke, and mm-hmm. peop, and it worked out, and then it built this comedy scene in Brooklyn, and it was it was really good. It was a pretty good little doc, and that was on Prime. Okay, that's what I watched, and there was oh there was no cleaning in that movie. So <laughs> well, I think it's been a couple it. years. We went and saw the comedians of Bob's Burgers in Iowa City um, at the. I think oh, it's man. called the, the union or whatever at the, on the campus. And, you know, they had him and they, they had just about everybody, uh, from the show oh. on there, including Merman. And, you know, obviously very funny, great show. I, I felt like the only problem was that they have so many names on there and they're also funny that they didn't get enough time, yeah. but, um, really great show, you know, and sold out, completely sold out, huge thousands of people there. And so the show ends, everybody, you know, slowly tries to get out. It's in the middle of winter and we walk like four blocks over uh, to, I'm trying to think of what the Pullman Diner, downtown Iowa City, to get some food after the show. And we're sitting there at our booth eating and my friend Noah's like, dude, don't make it obvious, but look over your shoulder. And we look over and they're all sitting in a booth like right behind us eating. And uh, it was like, oh, that's fucking cool. But they're eating. Like, I'm not going to be that guy. No one wants to be that guy. Like, they just played a show. Don't bother them. So uh, we finished and, you know, paid our bill. And we got up and I sort of just looked at our table. I was like, you know, great show, guys. And they're like, you know, thanks, thanks. And that was it. Like, I didn't want to, you know, I want to make sure that they knew that, you know, just to show appreciation, but not bug them. So as much as I wanted to get a picture with all of them, um, I knew just to leave them alone because they're trying to eat dinner. Yeah. Yeah. It was the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. You probably like this doc. It's pretty great. Oh, I'm sure I saw, I actually saw the thumbnail and I wanted to check it out. Looks pretty, pretty funny. I'm sure it is great. All right. Uh, Vito, what have you watched recently? Okay. So actually yesterday I saw a found footage horror film called house with 100 eyes. Um, this, that's a title. Yeah. This man, you guys ever watch a movie that's like really good, but you would never ever watch it again. Cause it's like too disturbing. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, that's, yeah. That's what this is for me. Um, it's basically this married couple who 
I guess they they make and sell like snuff films, and Jesus. they get <laughs> and they wanted to make like a triple feature, so they they find like these homeless people on the street and like get them to come to their house so they can make a movie, and then their idea is to kill them and, and videotape it, and things go horribly horribly wrong. Um, there's like infighting between the husband and wife. It's it's just it's really really messed up. The actual the actual gore effects were done extremely well. Um, but there's some weird, like, and, you know, in a lot of found footage films that do like these audio and video glitches for some reason, they do that in this one, but there's no reason for them to do it. It's not like a paranormal thing. It's just, I don't understand why they did it. And when they went to do the audio glitch, the sound was so loud and distorting that I had to constantly turn the volume down and then back up. So that was kind of annoying. Um, but yeah, it's one of those movies where I thought it was done really well, except for that stuff. But it's just way too disturbing why I would not watch it again. Um, some other movies I watched that were non-horror was um, a movie called The Old Guard on Netflix with Charlize Theron. It's basically about these immortals that have been around for millennia. And they're kind of hired as um, like mercenaries to do work for the government and the army and stuff like that. And it's just incredibly well done very good story character development is outstanding uh highly highly recommend that one and then i also saw um ready player one for the first time which (laughs) so that one was was interesting i have not read the book yet so i'm not sure if my experience would be better if i'd read the book but i liked the movie just fine i just felt that it was really really long when it didn't need to be i agree you know it was almost like an hour too long I think that ends like three times where I was like, all right, well, you ended the movie. I, I don't know where you're going to go. And there's still an hour left, man. So, <laughs> but the nostalgia was great. I mean, all the little throwbacks that they did, there's a Chucky scene in there that I fucking laughed my yeah. ass off. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, I wasn't that impressed with that one. That's about it for new movies. I I'm pretty bad at watching new movies. I, tend to stick to movies I've seen like hundreds of times and just rewatch them over and over again. <laughs> oh, I, I do that too. Usually that's like on this, on this, I go last and I have like two movies, but uh, you know, this, for some reason, this last week I've been checking out new stuff. So, nice. uh, so I guess that leaves you, Mike, what have you watched? Okay. So, um, uh, my girlfriend Brandy had just watched it chapter two, finally for the first time. And she loved it so much and was so excited that we did an entire it marathon of the original and the new movies. Oh, wow. Yeah. So three days later, um, (laughs) and they're they're all still awesome. The original is still great. God. How does that, how does that hold up? I haven't seen it since the nineties. It, it holds up to what I, remembered it and expected it to be like it it definitely wears its budget and its time on its on its sleeve pretty big um but i still think it's great and and you know there's moments where it's like okay i can see why this cast of tv actors tv sitcom actors don't make it past tv sitcoms um but uh but i don't care i still love all those guys and love seeing them do this particular um, film. And I feel like out of the entire cast, in my opinion, uh, that John Ritter, um, God, it's just, it's such a shame. We lost him. So, so early, but uh, he could have, he could have gone on to do things well beyond television, sitcom comedy. Absolutely. man. 
great grant in my opinion he's one of the best physical comedians of all time but he's got some really great emotional moments in in that original that uh that he that hold up really really well as far as his performance um and of course tim curry amazing so hidden in that role um and i always always um admire actors that are hidden really well but for me it was it, it was fun and interesting to see the huge contrast in in um in the stories in both films both versions and the telling of the stories as far as like the sequences of things like you know i like for example oh my god it's like the whole first hour and a half of the original is just mike calling up all of the uh, all of them and telling them to come back to Derry because Pennywise is back because he calls them and then there's like a flashback to when they're kids and their experience their personal experience with Pennywise and of course they tell that majorly different in the uh, in the new ones all those all those personal moments are in the first film so when the phone calls happen when they're adults it's like five minutes. It's a five minutes of the second movie. And it went by so fast for me. I'm like, Holy, Holy cow. That was, that was crazy. But, um, we, I love them all. And, um, I, I definitely think the original is, is definitely, it's definitely worth its weight and definitely worth a rewatch if you haven't seen it in forever. But yeah, that first one is just, I love it, dude. That's my favorite Stephen King adaptation. I'd have to say Tommy Lee Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm hmm. That is correct. Uh, I finally, finally, finally got to see Dr. Sleep. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Finally. Fuck yeah. And, and it's freaking awesome. You watch yeah. the director's cut or the theatrical? Whichever one is on HBO. I don't know. They have both on there, I think. I don't remember what we watched then. Was it like but... three hours or four hours? Oh, God. <laughs> I think it, <laughs> I think it must, must have been the theatrical cut because I think it was only like three hours. Okay. But amazing, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, I thought they did an amazing job there with all recreating the Overlook and all right? that, all oh those scenes. Yeah, so cool. So scenes in the cast they got to replace um, the original actors. We did spot on without it coming off as like, you know, SNL impressions. You know, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so really good, really good stuff. Uh. And then last thing I watched, uh, Jason and I watched, it's not a horror film, but it was funny as shit. Uh, that new Palm Springs movie on Hulu, uh, the new Andy, oh, I loved Andy, it, yeah. Andy Samberg movie. Oh, yeah, I loved it. I mean, I love that premise, and I'm getting a little worried that it's going to start becoming overdone. Just that whole waking up the next, you know, waking up the same day over and over and over again, Groundhog's Day style. You know, because we've seen it now in, um, you know, Happy Two Death Day. Movies. And well, <laughs> isn't isn't that the premise of that? Um, what's that called? Russian Doll series oh, they had on. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, so funny. But, Sandberg is the man. But a, but a cool spin on it: the fact that you can bring other people into this world of repeating the same day over and over again. Yeah, a- Andy is awesome. Uh, Kristen Milotti, is that how you say it? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, uh, she was really good. She's also really funny. And then those scenes with J.K. Simmons are <laughs> freaking gold as well. Him just hunting him, hunting Andy down throughout the movie. 
So good. Anyway, and I thought they did a really good job, like, because this is a movie that they explain how it happens, unlike Groundhog's Day, where it just happens randomly. But this is, um, this explains what what's happening and how it's happening. And they create the world really well with covering their tracks. I, I cannot, could not think of any, like, time loopy flaws that I could point out. So I thought they did a good job with it. So that's what I watched. Excellent. I think that's uh, everybody. So let's get let's get to the show. All right, cool. But before we do, we have a new uh, new thing we're starting here in the Attack of the Killer podcast universe. Um, it's the Twitter polls, or as, as Jason's calling it, Attack of the Killer podcast poll position. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of pole position. So attack of the killer podcast poll position. And what is that? So it's our new Twitter poll where we're going to ask a question. Each member of the show is going to, going to give their answer and you guys at home will vote on Twitter on what you think the best answer is. Uh, and we have one, we we've done one already. Um, that hasn't closed yet. So we'll share the results on that on the next episode, but we have another one coming up that you guys can vote on now. So we're going to share with you on the show what that is. So the question is, what is your favorite bug scene to kind of go along with this episode? Uh, and I'll just start off me for me. It's, um, uh, it's EG Marshall's death scene in their creeping up on you from the original creep show him just exploding with cockroaches. That's such a good scene. So good. Jason, what is yours? My pick, I'm going with uh, one of my favorites is you can check in, but you can't check out from Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Mm -hmm. Screaming Mad George. Yes. Very awesome. I remember seeing that in the theater and just being... Oh, yeah. You stopped doing... uh, did you stop lifting weights after that yeah. movie? That, that, you yeah. were a big weightlifter before. <laughs> that movie is, is responsible for the shape I'm in today. <laughs> <laughs> Tad, what's yours? Well, I had a hard time narrowing it down from, I knew which movie I wanted to go with. I went with Cronenberg's The Fly, but I had a hard time sort of narrowing down a scene because there's so many great ones. I went with the one that's just over the top disgusting, which narrows it down to another 30 scenes. But um, (laughs) the scene that when I was sort of just uh, going through highlights on YouTube that stuck out to me is a scene where he is killing the ex-boyfriend of his lady with the vomiting. He was like vomiting on his hands and vomiting on him and melting away his flesh. It's just so nasty. I mean, the scene that that sort of freaked me out most was when he starts losing his teeth because that's like one of my biggest phobias is teeth. When he sort of pulls his own teeth out and puts them in his medicine cabinet. But this scene is just so grotesque and sort of uh, does the whole cronenberg body horror thing you know where he's puking on the guy's hand and it turns to goo so awesome yeah (laughs) yeah that is a great one andy what about you well i just thought of it of a different one i had one in my head but i am kind of gonna go like classic with uh candy man with all the bees in his rib cage yeah good one really good one so there you have it folks now jason um 
do the technical side of this, explain, because I'm assuming, you know, you didn't have to write this down at home because it's going to, the question and the answers are going to be posted here. Yep. Just go to AOTKP at Twitter and there'll be a, it'll be pinned at the top of our channel and it'll have, well, you can only have uh, four uh, options. That's why otherwise, I mean, we can still ask Vito what his might be, but um, it only, Twitter only lets you have four poll answers. So that's why we're doing it. But um, and I'll also have a picture there that expl- that shows what our answers were. So you just pick one of us and who your favorites are and who you think got it right. And I know it'll be tempting. Don't just pick me because you like me. Pick what the <laughs> right. you think the correct answer is, which is mine also. <laughs> so for fun, Vito, do, do you have an answer to that question? Yeah, so I would probably go with Starship Troopers. Um, I knew it. I knew it. I could have bet money on that. <laughs> the, uh, the brain bug scene towards the end where it uh, sticks its thing through that dude's head and sucks his brain out. Um, and awful. you just see his face just cave in. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. really yeah. disgusting and amazingly well done. That's a great one. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, so now it's on to the show. Oh, wait, no. It's time once again for everybody's favorite game, Insane's Games. And this game we are playing, one of my favorites, The Vincent Price is Right. We're coming back to this one. This is so it's like the price is right where I give you a question. The answer is number is numbers oriented. So you have to guess you, you, you put out your guess. The person closest at number wise to the right answer wins, but you cannot go over. Okay. So first one is, first question is how tall was Vincent price? Jason. Uh, my answer is going to be six three, six three. Tad, what about you? Um, I'm going with six one, Bob. Six one, <laughs> <laughs> Andy. Six two, six two, Vito. Uh, six foot even. Six foot even. So the correct answer is. <laughs> Six four, Jason oh, won that yeah. one. Oh, wow. You deserve that one. <laughs> right. Jason I'm, Jason knows height. I do. I'm six five, so I know what it's like. So you are a inch taller than Vincent Price. Well, probably not now. Well, no, he's okay. <laughs> According to IMDB, I feel like I have to um, make sure that is said. <laughs> <clears throat> what was the budget for House on Haunted Hill? Vito, we'll start with you. Um, I'm going to say $300,000. $300,000. Okay. Uh, Tad? $300,001, Bob. <laughs> All right. Andy? 275000 $5,000. Okay. Jason? I'm going to go $302,000. You mother. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all of you went over. Oh, dang it. <laughs> all of you went over. The correct answer was $200,000. Wow. Someone should have did $1. Yeah. Oh, yep. That's right. I should have. <clears throat> okay. So the end scene in the original Fly from 1958 uh, with Vin- Vincent Price and seeing the little tiny 
guy getting eaten by the spider. Help me, help me. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there's a lot of giggles that day for some reason. <laughs> How many takes did it take to shoot that final scene due to laughing? Uh, let's go with Tad. Um, 14, Bob. 14. Vito? Um, 26. 26. Jason? I'm going to go with uh, 15. 15. Andy? 13. 13. Again, oh, we you all, all went, went over. over. <laughs> oh, Andy, you should have done one. The Thanks. answer was 10. Ugh. The answer was 10. Okay, so what was the budget of Dead Heat? Yes, treat William Joe Piscopo. But yes, Vincent Price is in there. He's in there. What's the budget? Vito, why don't you start? $1.3 million. $1.3 million. Andy? $10 million. $10 million. Tad? $1, Bob. All right, and Jason. I was gonna. I wrote down one point five million. One point five, and the answer is. So let's see. Wait, wait, who's who's? So Jason was one point five. Ted was a dollar. Andy was ten million. Ten million dollars. <laughs> and Vito is one point three. So Jason wins it again because the answer was five million dollars. Mm. Wow. However, wow, five million. However, how what was the U.S. gross for Dead Heat? Jason, mm. I'm gonna go. Oh man, you said it like it's gonna be less than that. Oh shoot. <laughs> Uh, yep. I'm going to say $1 million. $1 million. Uh, Vito. Uh, $1.3 million. $1.3 million. Tad. $900,000. $900,000. He has seen the movie. And Andy. <laughs> One dollar. Oh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Let me see here. Um, Vito gets that one at one point or one point three million because the answer was three million five hundred and eighty eight thousand six hundred and sixty two. It lost some money. No, it lost money. Okay. And our last question for this game. One of his first horror films was The Invisible Man Returns. What year was it released? Jason. Nineteen sixty six. 1966. Tad. Um, 1964. 1964. Andy. Uh, 54. 54. And Vito. $1. 1961. 1961. Now you all heard me say his first. One of his first. Yeah, I totally, totally fucked. Way too high. All went way over. The year was 1940. I was going to say fucking. House of Wax came out in 53. Yeah, that's right. So it looks like with a score of two, Jason's our big winner. Hot dang. With Vito as runner-up with one win. Going to Disney World. (laughs) And that was the Vincent Price is Right. So enough of these shenanigans. Let's get on with the topic. Bug, killer bug movies. What are we going to talk about first, Andy? 
We are talking about a film from 1993, entitled Ticks. Come get your bags, guys. This place looks worse than the projects. It started out small. It's got measles bumps. It's a tick. Vampires of the insect world. A part of Mother Nature's wonder. What is so inspiring about bugs and insects and snakes? But then they grew. Don't move. There's something on your back. Get it off now! And grew. Just don't touch it if you don't know what it is. Don't touch it, it attacked me. Unimaginable. Ticks do not get this bit. Unthinkable. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. There's a huge fire. Who was supposed to take things in this way? Where civilization ends. The nightmare begins. Everybody get up, Sam! Go! 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 It's not nice to mess with Mother Nature. Uh, okay. Uh. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. Oh my! <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's get a, a description here that I wrote. Um, at-risk teens from LA take part in a wilderness project run by Charles Danson, which is way too close to Charlie Manson. <laughs> and his girlfriend Holly Lambert tagging along, or Charles's daughter Melissa, who has nothing but disdain for Holly. The shy and reserved Kelly, Lovebirds Rome and Dee Dee, and Daryl Panic Lumley, played by Alfonso Ribeiro Carlton of French Pre Prince of Bel Air fame. And Tyler, played by Seth Green, who is who is in It, Austin Powers, and Robot Chicken, and such. Uh, when they get to the campsite, the inner city youth have trouble adjusting to the local wildlife, particularly Daryl, who is used to the streets, and Tyler, who has had a touch of PTSD since being left out in the woods for days when he was eight. Uh, major problems arise when local pot growers uh, using herbal steroids to accelerate plant growth accidentally mutate wood ticks with an insatiable thirst for blood. Many people die and trip balls due to neurotoxins from the wood ticks bites. Um, uh, okay, uh, let's go through some pros and cons here. Uh, <laughs> Um, first thing right off the bat uh, 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 as, as usual people think I'm such an angry guy but I just see shit that just constantly pisses me off uh, well doesn't that mean that, that makes you an angry guy dude well okay for starters the first <laughs> shot of the movie we have this light bulb that's swinging on the shed in the wind okay that light bulb would last approximately 30 fucking seconds before it got shattered um, although I do think it's inter entertaining that they have a guinea pig, you know, like, you know, running this belt driven, uh, 
pot plant operation. I thought that was funny. Um, Alfonso Ribeiro pretending to be a badass is about as convincing as Arlie Ermy being a sensitivity trainer. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, he has yeah. a cool duster, though. Uh, uh, yeah, he's he's apparently he's he's the only gunslinger, you know, uh, Wild West guy in L.A. Um, it it did have some cool effects, though, like you know, with uh, that the tick busting out of uh, Carlton at the end. I'm just going to call him Carlton because I just don't want to say Alphonse. Yep, that's fine. Um, uh, and basically, uh, Clint Howard was like the whole treat of the movie for me. I like yeah. I like him. It just it, all the effects in his face with the with the tick busting out of his out of his out of his face and him like, you know, taking pot shots at his kneecaps at, with the, with the revolver. Cause he's trying to get the tick out of his skin. Hilarious. Um, I'm infected. Dude, I'm infected. That, that line was incredible. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, it did this. I'm not, I'm not crapping like all of the movie. There was parts that I was very entertained by, but, uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, why does why does Tyler have a little bitch fit after he gets chewed up by Charles? Like you know, he's not like you know Carlton's keeper. I mean, he if the guy wanted to ray and run away in his really cool Zubaz you know weightlifting pants, let him. Who cares? Um, Carlton's keeper. I like that title better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we should have been the name of the movie. Um, uh, let's see. And and I I gotta say, within all three of these movies, why do these insects like have it out for animals? I mean, I just that that was like really disturbing with me watching yeah, all I'm sorry. this. Yeah. I, I, I didn't realize all three of these would uh, just yeah, like a- animals getting hurt is just like yeah, it's 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 the worst, dude. I just and the the thing that I think is about funny, but you know. I realize this movie was made in 1993, but basically they are using herbal steroids to make weed stronger now anyway, because like, you know, I judging from a guy who smoked a lot of weed and I know that what they, people are saying about weed now that it's like nothing to be screwing with. It's basically, yeah, we're basically caught up to this only, you know, no mutated ticks. Um, as as usual, the adults don't believe them when they say like you know there's you know a bunch of nasty shit out there. Uh, all the like green you know mucky you know gross shit was was really cool. Um, okay, uh, all the I did I did think like the hallucination stuff was was a nice ad. Uh, the the marijuana the assassination of youth poster on the corkboard that is like legitimately like kind of like a uh reefer madness kind of movie that was actually made so yeah that's actually a movie title and a uh a tagline as well um got a bunch of racist hillbillies which is you know uh you know usually par for the course you know they're just assholes um Basically, Alfonso, uh, I'm sorry, Carlton, uh, his corpse transformation and, you know, him just, you know, completely, you know, seizing out and just, you know, basically that giant tick, you know, coming out of him. That was that was pretty cool. Um, 
and DD hallucinating with the I'm infested, like you mentioned before, hilarious. Uh, all and Clint Howard being all deformed. Uh, the kids are dumbasses. Every single one of them. Uh, who pours that amount of gas on a fire and then? Oh, I don't know. Is that flammable? Wow. Wow. Um. Jesus Christ. Uh. Of course, the the vet discovering that there's no uh blood in the dog that was kind of cool. And then when she actually is able to draw blood, the syringe, you know, going back they in, suck it in. Yeah, yeah I thought that, that was, was pretty cool. creepy. Yeah, I was like, damn. Um, and this, that tick, you know, just running off with like the shrimp stuck inside. Uh, actually, sometimes when I was uh, watching like the ticks, you know, just scutter about, I almost thought it was almost kind of comical in a way, just but just the way that they were moving. Um, mm, yeah, I just, yeah, one, once is enough. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, fi- they go fishing and they they reel in th- the dead sheriff. Um, okay, you know, I wish we would saw like the dead sheriff get killed. Although him coming back and the hallucination was kind of neat. Um, but yeah, the yeah. the one thing is, yeah, uh, Carlton. Stick to doing that dance because you're not a tough guy. <laughs> uh, that that's about all I got. Uh, th- but I mean, it it did have some good points. But yeah, once once is enough. For me, it was like it took something that I was already sort of freaked out by, like uh, ticks in general, or gross me out, and I freak out when my dog gets a tick, and seeing like shelter dogs that have them like full ears of ticks, all that stuff. Uh, just grosses me out. They're they're creepy little creatures that are hard to kill, and they somehow took something that I was already scared of and made me less scared of it. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen the movie Bats with Lou Diamond Phillips? It did the yes. exact same thing for me. <laughs> I own that movie. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, there were some pretty laughable parts in this one, but it's funny to see uh, a young Seth Green and to see. Uh, like he's a Carlton and a in a duster, like trying to be badass and a bully. It's like, yeah, just I mean, I wonder if people who saw this before Fresh Prince had a different opinion, but it's really hard to see him as anything but Carlton. Pretty much. Yeah. For me, I mean, it doesn't hold up as well as I remembered it, but I still think it's fun. It's got some cool people in the cast. Uh, like I, I've always been a fan of Seth Green. Um, you know, Carlton trying to be a badass is a highlight of this movie, obviously. Um, on a, especially on a on a comical standpoint, because um, it doesn't work. But you got Clint Howard and his dad Rance Howard, who plays the sheriff. Um. You know, it's always awesome seeing both of them. Um, uh, and I was also really excited. Uh, Peter Scolari in this cause huge booze and buddies yeah. fan. Um, but my, my biggest problem with this movie was him on several f- reasons, mostly because I feel like he just was underused and squandered. Um, but then like some of his, some of his, uh, um, a lot of, most everybody's deliveries in this movie are, not good. Um, 
You know, those moments when Seth Green is having his little panic attacks where he's like, you know, is he cold? Is he having a seizure? Is he having a stroke? What is he doing? What, what, what are those moments? I don't understand. I, you know, and again, his little, yeah, his little hissy fit when, uh, Peter Scolari gets on his case about losing Carlton. Um, and he goes and like tries in the corner in the, in the cabin or whatever, like, what is this performance? And which also, again, going back to the original it, just watching that recent, literally the same weekend, um, as watching this, um, and me thinking, watching the original that Seth green is the best actor out of all those kids tells me, this is a great example of what I've said before that you can't always blame the actors for a performance. I feel like this is a director's fault um, for the performances that we got. Because uh, all these people that I really, really like, all these different character actors do bad jobs in this movie, make bad decisions. And I think it's the director's fault, which is which is also sad to say, because this was Tony Randall, the guy who directed Tony- Hellraiser hellraiser 2 for crying out loud so i don't know where the missed up on that was for sure but definitely um yeah definitely the performances weren't weren't there um but yeah i mean the effects are cool i wish i could see a better transfer of it we i watched it on tubi which was pretty crappy pretty crappy transfer so i you can't the effects probably come off better uh than they actually are but all those scenes of the ticks crawling, I freaking loved every moment of them because it's obvious they're using many different types of effects to portray this. There's moments of stop motion, which comes off rather apparent, but then there's some moments where I'm just like, I don't know how they did that effect, which always, I always love it when that happens. So, and and then when a movie like this of all things can do that for me, then, then I'm sold, you know, and then it's just, you know, what a cool concept. Of course, if you want to make a gore film, make a gore, you know, make a film about giant killer ticks. Cause you know, you can get a lot of gore with them sucking blood out of people, but not only that, you can get a lot of gore by killing the ticks because they explode when you set them on fire. So, <laughs> uh, and they explode a lot in this movie. So, um, so for the most part, I enjoy this movie. Uh, the most the parts that I hate the most are the the two bad guy pot, pot farmers. They literally annoyed the shit out of me from literally every scene that they were in. I could not. So you literally sh- shit yourself like Jason. Yes, I did. There's something in the water over here. I think, and, and it and it made me so mad that we get this extremely long, prolonged Carlton transformation scene where he becomes this giant tick. It took forever, by the way. It was cool, but it went on forever. And the whole time, that guy, the head pop farmer guy, is laying on the ground screaming at him, you know, just screaming in terror. But you don't see what happens to the guy. Like, the the main bad guy of this movie, you want to see his comeuppance. And the fact that he's annoying as shit, you just want to see him, like, just get chomped down by a tick. It obviously happens off camera. Why? Why would you do that? So... Anyway, yeah, I'm kind of mixed on ticks. But Jason loved it. No, I mean, I want Vito to go first. I don't want to. I don't want to. What do you think, Vito? <laughs> All right, guys. I watched this movie for the first time this weekend, and I got to tell you, this 
was freaking incredible. I see. I, <laughs> I loved the shit out of this movie, man. For real. I, I was gung-ho and all in from like the first scene on. I just seen Carlton Banks on there trying to act tough with his parachute pants and the trench coat. I mean, that's just <laughs> how awesome was that? And I'm a huge Fresh Prince of Bel-Air fan. So I know he took this role to kind of not become typecast after that show ended or whatever. So I get why he, why he did that. I love Seth Green. Um, around this time, he had done an X-Files episode. And then, he, of course, he was in that It 90s miniseries, which he was great in. And then Clint Howard. I mean, this movie is so good with him. The only oh, thing absolutely. I didn't get was his giant Indian feather earring. I don't I don't understand why he had that. And he had some other weird like anklet feather thing too, which was which was odd. I think he was all, supposed to come across as like sort of hippie-ish or something. I that's that's my only conclusion I could come up with. <laughs> yeah, that was odd. But I love the nineties like attitude that the kids had and just the cheesiness of it. Um, it was just, man, I just had such a great time with this film, especially the effects. I loved how they, they showed the ticks running away. I mean, I was laughing my ass off each time that thing was being pulled on the string or however, they, however they did that effect. And then of course the giant tick at the end with the steroids was just probably the best part of the film, I think for me. And I also developed a drinking game for you guys. If you decide to watch this again, you have to take a shot every time someone says Jesus or Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I'm, I, you'll, you'll be wasted probably within the first hour of the film. Oh, nice. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Like as far as the good stuff, uh, I thought, I thought the, the tick stuff was pretty kick ass. I mean, every time a tick goes running across the floor, it was fucking awesome. I don't, I mean, to me, it felt kind of stop motion. Well, again, but, there was a mix because there were moments right. that was obviously stop motion, but there was others that I could tell that that is a practical moving tick in a practical environment. And whether it was on a string or maybe like a remote control tick or something, I don't know. Um, some of some of it was disguised pretty well, so I thought. Yeah, and I mean, all the effects uh, were pretty awesome, it, and it was really ooey and gooey. It was clearly uh, produced by what's his name, uh, Brian Usna. Usna. Oh yeah, yeah. It had that yeah. Usna goo factor to me, oh, and, for sure. I think he shows up on sets of his movies with a big, big vat <laughs> of goo. Uh, I loved all that stuff. For me, the 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 third act was my favorite part um i uh, it was just balls to the wall i just but i i just i couldn't i couldn't deal with the directing of the first second the writing directing of the first parts i just it was it seemed so clunky to me and but it gets through it pretty fast i feel like though yeah yeah i didn't mind it and this was around the time for me the seth green that i loved uh, it was from a movie, a skateboarding or a, a rollerblading movie called Airborne. Yeah, uh, had Jack Black too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember I, that. I love that movie. So this is kind of Seth. That's the Seth Green for me. Um, so he was. I don't know that he was good in this though. I mean, you know, he's uh, and and every time. But again, please tell me. I mean, you can't. Blame it's not because Seth. Of, well, I don't know. Well, the. His whininess was. Uh, oh, it was. Yes, it, it was, was very whiny, but 
but again, then he's the, proven to us that he can act. The other thing I was going to ye- not yell at you, but like uh, every just because the words Clint Howard is uttered does not mean that it's a good thing. I'm sorry, Mike, <laughs> but every man. time fucking Clint Howard's name gets said, Mike gets a boner and starts yelling. So, do, so does Rob Zombie. And, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't agree. It's because of the nipple rubbing thing and little Nikki, isn't it? <laughs> but I agree with you. Clint Howard was the best part of this movie. Yeah, he see, was so awesome. suck it. He was good in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. He's good in everything. So you'll have to back that up someday. And what is a bad Clint Howard? Movie. Uh, everything else he's ever Bullshit. done, except for Apollo oh. 13. Uh, but anyway, well, moving on. Oh. Don't Moving you on. dare talk shit about the Wraith. He was in the Wraith. That's a good fucking movie. Evil Ice Cream Man. Hey, those movies might be good. Evil Speed. He's not a good actor. I'm sorry. He's funny looking, and that's why he's in movies. <laughs> he was I'm rugged not... in, in Wraith, man. Come on. No, I I bet he was. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, he had uh, hair in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did have I, a Star Trek and Gentle Ben. I thought Peter Scolari outacted his directing because I thought he was freaking great in all his scenes. Yeah, which were he was underused because every time he was on screen, he was acting circles around everybody. It was awesome. I mean, how do you cast the juggling, cross-dressing talents of Peter Scolari and not use him? So I had a tough time. It was my first time too. I cannot connect how, what <laughs> Tony Randall did this, but he also did Hellraiser too. I just can't, I don't understand. I just don't understand. I just don't, I, it hurts my head, but I love all the effects. I love all the tick stuff. All that stuff's great. It's, I suppose, worth watching once, if only to play Vito's drinking game. <laughs> It'll be worth it, man. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> and I'm glad you liked it. I do. I knew you would. I just knew you would. <laughs> Love that crazy shit. See, there's more than one of us. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ticks. It's, Ticks. It's divided. Yes. So. So that is ticks. Um. Tad, or no, I'm sorry, Jason, what's our next movie? The next movie we're going to watch is from probably the best year that, uh, that anything came from 1975. That's right. Uh, we're going to talk about the movie bug. It was a day like any other. The air hung heavy with the heat. Then it happened. crack in the land that reached to the very bowels of the earth itself, spitting out the fires of hell. And the gleaming black bug that had no eyes and looked like a rock. It traveled in the exhaust pipes of cars, making fire, killing, and infesting the land with a burning terror. Wherever you turned, the bug was waiting ready to grasp you in its soul-chilling grip of terror, to push you beyond human endurance and leave you in a state of blood-boiling fear 
that will drag you to the brink of your sanity. One man was determined to learn its secrets, to discover how it grew and what it needed to survive. The Parmiteras will eat only raw meat, any kind. At first, it ate only ashes, but now it needed meat, and it would get that meat from whatever source it could. It was a creature from hell, and nothing could stop it. The bug lives. The bug grows. The ordinary becomes the extraordinary as the bug brings you the ultimate experience in terror. A terror so real, it will make your skin crawl, your heart pound, and your soul scream for release from the bug. You won't live alone if you live at all when the bug comes to your house. Oh my gosh, that's an intense trailer. <laughs> Holy moly, the movie is not... It's, it's not that it's misleading, but my goodness, the tone of that trailer is so different than the movie. Anyway, so... Bug, 1975, um, an earthquake releases a bunch of mutant cockroaches that can create fire by rubbing their circi together. That's a small appendage at the end of their abdomen. Uh, eventually, m- most of the bugs die because they cannot survive in the low air pressure on Earth's surface. But a scientist, Professor James Par- Parmiter, Parmite, Parmeter, Parmiter. You gotta learn how to pronounce names. That's, I can't remember how he says it. Uh, keeps one alive in a pressure chamber. He successfully breeds the mutant cockroach with a modern cockroach, creating a breed of intelligent flying super cockroaches. Guys, I'll tell you what. I've seen this movie many times as a youth. It used to play on USA all the time, and I have always like um it's always stuck in my brain i never knew what the movie was or remembered the name of it or anything and i haven't seen it you know in 10 15 years probably at least since i or because i was just a kid then but uh i love this movie i love it not and i i know there's some nostalgia to it but i definitely there's these the, the fire-making cockroaches, that's scary as shit. They'll just fucking latch onto your face and burn your fucking face off. <laughs> like, they're mean little shits. <laughs> so, um, I have a, I have a, I love it. I love this movie. It was great. I, you know, there's still some things like, why? Why? Mm-hmm. Keep one alive and breed it breed with it. another. Why yeah. would you do that? Why? Because you're upset. Yeah. They killed your whatever, you know, like you want to get revenge on them, man. I guess, I guess uh, revenge makes us do crazy things, right? I can't pronounce the director's name, but he did jaws too. So that's, yeah, that's good. Right. Hey, awesome. Yep. Yep. But, uh, the, one of the cool things is that it was written and produced by William Castle. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw that. That just makes me like it even more. His last film he worked on too, apparently. Was it? Yeah. So yeah, I, what do you guys think? Do you guys like it? I'll I'll, fun. I'll tell you what. I uh, just want to throw this in here real quick, and then somebody else can go. But like, 
I don't know how I missed this. If you said you watched this all the time on USA, I, that's all, all I ever did was watch the USA Network I back so. in the day. And somehow this movie eluded me. I had never seen it before. And But over the past several years, I've heard of this movie called Bug from the 70s. So first of all, that alone sold me. But when I heard that it's about these like bugs that shoot fire out of their vaginas and set people's <laughs> hair on fire, I'm like, I've got to see this movie so, so bad. And then the fact it was a William Castle movie. So <laughs> why did you make it vaginas? Why didn't you say ass? Because <laughs> it why was on it? the front. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know. I know uh, so 90% of this episode <laughs> was based around finally getting to see bug because it showed up on Hulu. I'm like, oh, we're doing an episode on bugs because I got to see this movie. Um. Yeah, and then I'll get to my opinions later, but somebody else can go. Um, well, I thought it was uh it was I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay, but I felt like like the tone kind of changed for me like in the middle it oh, went from kind of like kind of like went from like a okay, th- there's going to be this big bug takeover to like a guy that's like slowly losing his mind trying to solve this problem because, you know, his, yeah, his different his, movies his, for me. His yeah, yeah it, his wife died. Um, uh, I'm. Uh, I feel like I have to watch it again, really. You know, in order to kind of make my mind up about it, because of just because of the the tone shift. Uh, I'm never eating another fucking tootsie roll again because that's exactly <laughs> what. That's exactly what that little like brown turd of egg thing, whatever the hell that thing <laughs> looked like. I mean, it looked like a giant, like just shitty chewed up Tootsie Roll. And I'm just like, okay, this is like making me nauseous just even looking at this thing. It looked around. like a, a Tootsie Roll ravioli or something like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it was like all pinched off at the top and shit. It, that's where mm. the turd tapered off. Um, <laughs> oh. But yeah, uh, I, I would like to see that, like that, that giant, you know, Tootsie Roll turd, like be exploded in that deep sea divers helmet, which was with the weirdest way to conduct a, an experiment. But, uh, yeah, very, very different from what I thought that I was going to see. And I like, I like looking like at old, at old films, especially the ones in the seventies. Cause I like, you know, looking at, you know, old architecture and, you know, uh, just the way things were made back then. And, you know, of course the cars, you know, cause he was driving, uh, an AMC Javelin SST, which, you know, uh, AMC went out of business, like in like the late seventies. So, you know, there's not too many of those cars around and that car is probably not around anymore either, but, um, yeah, yeah, very, very different from what I thought that I was gonna see, I, and I feel like I have to watch it like again, just to to really kind of make my mind up about it. I, I, I don't, I'm not really indifferent about it. It's just like I feel like I need to give it more attention a second time around. I guess that's my opinion on it. I think this one is it's sort of funny how this list goes because it you know falls in the middle, and I feel like on this episode sometimes it's you know um a great thing to have a theme where we're all all the movies are sort of similar in a way and and this one's almost tough because uh some of the movies run together but this one was just right in the middle i didn't think it was um ridiculous and as bad as ticks but it's not as good as the next one i don't think 
personally. I didn't enjoy it as much, but um, you could definitely has that William Castle vibe to it where it's sort of uh, some of it's pretty cheesy and corny, but it's still a lot of fun. And you can tell that they were trying really hard. And uh, like I said, it didn't have any ridiculous um, parachute pants or <laughs> bad haircuts <laughs> like ticks. Uh, I mean, it had the typical bad haircuts of the time, but um there were some cool scenes that were sort of creative. It just didn't, it's, I might, you know, give it another watch, like Andy said on its own. And I feel like maybe watching all three of these sort of in close together, sort of made them run together a little bit, but that's just me. And I, I really, really enjoyed this one. Yeah, um, this was, this was the first one I watched out of the three. And right away, I was hooked, man. I thought it was done really well. The that earthquake scene in the church, I thought was great. Um, yeah. How they did that was was very well done. There's actually this funny scene that made me laugh. While the floor is kind of undulating and everything's caving in, there's this woman praying in the middle of the aisle while shit's falling on her, and I was just <laughs> cracking up for some reason. <laughs> that was really funny. Uh, there were some parts where I wasn't sure what was going on, like when they were in the truck, and all of a sudden the truck like exploded out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. And I thought I oh, had yeah. missed something. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And then as it went on, you find out that the bugs can light themselves or light fires and stuff. And then it kind of made sense, sort of. Yeah, for some reason, yeah, bugs can just spontaneous combust. Like. Yeah. I thought they had like like magma inside them because they were coming from the center of the earth. Like that's what I thought it was. But I can definitely see where Tremors 3 uh, got the idea for the ass blasters from because he probably oh, yeah. stole it from this film. Yeah. <laughs> And then the the cat, I could not watch those scenes with the cat. Oh, man. They that that pissed me off, dude. Yeah. Because they put something on a real cat to make it smoke up like that. I don't, I don't think it was fire. Yeah, but I, yeah that I was pretty fucked. Yeah, I didn't appreciate that at all. Uh, another funny scene is when, um, I forgot who it is, but his house got damaged in the earthquake. And that repair guy comes over and he goes, so do we have much damage here? And the guy goes, no, not that much. And they cut to his wall, which is totally destroyed. There's nothing left. And I was like, what, dude, your your entire window is just missing. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> You'd like drive uh, a car through it, you know? Yeah, for real, man. It was really fucking hilarious. And then... Uh, there's a there's a scene where this woman has to pick up the phone and there's a cockroach in the phone cradle. Oh man! And Ooh, she gets yeah. checked off from uh, Star Trek: Wrath of Khan, and this yes. thing's just burr into her, oh, and she's fuck. screaming her head off, yelling. And the brothers take like five minutes to come to her <laughs> when they're literally in the next room. Yeah, it took forever for them to respond. You know. Yeah. And then that the the one woman has her has her uh, hair set on fire by the bugs, and they straight up use the Brady Bunch house. For yep, this yep, film. Yep. And I, I thought, like, I hadn't seen the Brady Bunch in a long time, but I thought I recognized, like, the fireplace and the kitchen. I was like, I wonder if that's a Brady Bunch. And then later I went to IMDb and found out that it actually was. So I thought that was yep. pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the one thing that I just never really understood about that scene, when when I'm cooking, I'm not going to, like, like recite, especially if I'm alone. I'm like, oh, what, what the just to hear myself talk she like literally said like the whole damn recipe like to herself like it's it's like you're filling dead air so there's this bug can do this really creepy shit and i think she's reading those off the cue cards like right off camera if you watch her eyes she's like you're reading them (laughs) but when they get caught on fire they get caught on fucking fire yeah dude (laughs) oh yeah, like when the professor was in bed and he kind of wakes up, he's like, oh, shit, I think something's burning. It's me. And he just ripped the stuff off and there's a bunch of cockroaches on him. And 
uh, that that scene reminded me of uh, Puppet Master Three with the leech woman, where she's throwing a bunch of leeches on this guy. I, I was totally getting some Puppet Master vibes off of that one. <sighs> nice. Um, I love the the practical effects they used. Um, it looks like they used real cockroaches for I think all the scenes, if I'm not mistaken, or for majority of them. Um, okay, yeah. And and Mike, those were real cockroach vaginas as well. <laughs> yeah, they they were. There's a, there was a great scene where there's cockroaches like on this trench while they're carrying the egg sack down the trench and they're all looking at it. I thought that was really, really, really well done, man. Probably my favorite shot of the film, I think. Yeah, the majority of the bug work in this movie was outstanding. Um, my, one of my favorite bug moments is when they're spelling out words on the wall that they they live oh, yeah yeah that was that great that was really cool creepy. and creepy at the, yeah it's really creepy at the same time and that goes back to what andy was saying about the tone of this movie because i felt that too big time first half of the movie felt like a 70s movie that for forgot that 50s um 50s sci-fi horror films were over you know, atomic you know, age, ty- atomic age yeah. type shit. Yeah. Yeah. Movies like food of the gods or empire of the ants and, 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 and all that kind of, the lepus. Kind of, yeah. The <laughs> lepus especially. <laughs> yes. And the first half of the movie felt like that to me. Like it was, it felt super cheesy and hilarious. When her hair caught on fire, oh. I laughed my ass off. <laughs> my that mind was the, what's that? Straight. My mind went straight to like the Michael Jackson Pepsi commercial, you oh. know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but shortly after that scene is when it just, for me, it just movie got dark. Like, you know, and again, the whole plot changes. Our hero turns out to be a mad scientist right? who yeah. basically almost creates the end of the world and real. is like hell holds up in this, this house just obsessed with these freaking cockroaches and the breeding and them getting out and eating him while he's in bed. And, and, and when they, when they become intelligent and when they get out of the house and they're flying around and it just feels like this is going to end dark and <laughs> they should have, I feel like William Castle's like, no, we can't end it like this. Cause it felt like there was a moment that boom, that's the end of the movie. And it's one of those like kingdom of the spiders where, there's no victory at the end. The, the, the insects win um, and humanity is doomed. And I thought that would have been a great ending, but then you get the whole thing where the earthquake starts up and he falls into the hole and the all conveniently, all the bugs follow him into the hole. Oh, thank goodness too. Or we <laughs> and then it closes trouble. up. I'm like, Oh my God, that's that, that's right back to fifties <laughs> right there. And you can definitely tell that William Castle wrote this movie because of the science William Castle writes the best <laughs> fake science in the world, aka the Tingler. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I freaking loved this movie. This is my favorite of the episode. Um, it, it felt like it had a lot of William Castle influences, but it had a shit ton of the cheesy Animal Attacks seventies uh, movie, which I you know I love that subgenre to death. Um, and the effects were cool. Um, some car explosions uh people catching on fire what's not to like right so yeah bugs w- bug uh huge thumbs up for me yeah bug 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 lose yay yeah 
So, Tad, what's our what's our next film? Our next film is the 1988 film The Nest. They've defied evolution for 300 million years, but now they're changing. Is it them? Horrifying shocker as a biological experiment goes haywire when meat-eating mutant roaches evade an island community, terrorizing a peaceful New England fishing village and hideously butchering its citizens. Yeah, The Nest. I thought this one was uh, the most fun out of the group. I remember this cover art like on the video shelf, but I've never seen this one. It was the first first watch for me, uh, directed by Terrence Winkless. That's an interesting name. Um, yeah, this one was a lot of gory fun. Uh, very much a product of the 80s. I'm thinking this one has a cult following. Um, I love the characters. We have the sheriff, I think, is who that what he is. He's a cop of some kind. He's got a love triangle going on with an old fling and his current girlfriend who is uh, runs a diner in town. There's some just mean ass roaches that are that will fuck you up instantly. Um, some nasty scenes where they chew things to the bone and some good gore. And man, this one was fun. What do you guys think? Uh, this was actually my least favorite of the three, believe it or not okay. on paper. This should be my favorite for some reason, but it wasn't um, for me. There was, especially in the beginning, there was like this weird vibe to me. I didn't know if it was trying to be a comedy or a horror film. Um, there were some weird like music changes that didn't make much sense to me. Um, but the, the effects were done extremely well, especially towards the end. I thought the ending was my favorite part. The dad skeleton. Uh, there's that weird skinless cat thing in the middle. Although I didn't appreciate again, the animal mutilations in this film. Um, and then that last monster that was kind of like a, a thing monster where it just it was amalgamation of like everything throughout the movie. I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, yeah, but on the whole, I don't know. This was my least favorite, but the effects I thought were great. And I have to mention the, the ball sacks in the mine. Cause that yeah. really cracked me <laughs> up. <laughs> Especially when the psycho scientist lady is like, she's just almost starts caressing them oh. right, yeah. right there at the end. <laughs> Try to I get that yeah. or like killer, killer clowns. I, yeah. yeah, I liked some of the crazy characters. They had her. She was like um, a emotionless scientist, like lunatic that 
almost lets the roaches eat her whole hand off. Yeah, she was like uh, getting up on the fact that the roaches were eating her hand. Yeah, that that whole thing was cool. Like he had to force her to pull her hand out of there before they finish it off, and that kind of stuff creeped me out most out of everything we watched. Like this one, for some reason, the I think maybe the the way the roaches sort of were like piranhas, they would swarm and just devour whatever's there. Mm-hmm. That was cool. What was the character's name that wore the Hawaiian shirt? The sort of crazy guy was that Homer. Homer, yeah, Homer. yeah. I loved yeah. him too. He was yeah, my favorite he, part of the movie. Uh, he was sort agree. of the, the uh, yeah. He was sort of the the crazy guy we have in every '80s horror movie. You know, uh, yeah. I, he was he was such a highlight, and I'm so glad at, at the end it seemed like he was going to die, and he doesn't. So that was kind of awesome. like kind of like the Randy Quaid in uh, Independent Independence Day. You know, it's yeah. just like yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was definitely my favorite character too. He was a lot. He was funny and a lot of fun. And Hawaiian he wore, shirt. Yeah, he yeah. wore a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, um, yeah. I really love this movie a lot too. Uh, I this, although I will admit, this was the one I was the most worried about. Uh, like I didn't know how it was going to hold up for everyone else because obviously there's it's obviously a lot of production flaws, right? And there's some yeah. weird weird character motivations, you know. Our, when you stop and think about it, our hero's kind of a dirtbag because he's, he's an asshole. He, he has this relationship with the waitress at the diner and then just instantly hooks up with his old flame as soon as she, as soon as yeah. she shows up. Yeah. Without even Not giving cool. any regard cool. to the waitress. And it almost feels like that whole that whole thing of of the love triangle is pointless in the movie because yeah, he only has one scene with that waitress and that's at the beginning of the movie. And then she, she, she just doesn't exist for him anymore. She becomes at- a throwaway character. I mean, what's, what's, you know, what's her purpose, you know, aside. Yeah. There was really no reason for him to have a relationship with both of them. Yeah. And the tone is weird. Um, like Vito said, it, it, it doesn't know, you know, it, it's hard to tell if like, is this supposed to be funny? Is this supposed to be scary? Um, cause it, it, it kind of does jump all over the place. Like one of the most awkward, I think comic relief scenes I've scenes I've ever seen in a movie, which I think is trying to rip off gremlins in a way in, in several ways, uh, is that scene where she's killing all the roaches in the diner. She's like grinding them up in the blender, putting oh, them yeah. in the microwave. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like singing or something, right? She's singing a song while she's doing it. No, she's making bad, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, puns. one-liners. You know, yeah. Well, the, the, and the thing, thing is, well, like they're playing La Cucaracha yeah, in well, the La background. Playing, which I read on IMDb that the guy who plays Homer actually was the singer on that rendition of La Cucaracha. Oh, God. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> So yeah, La Cucaracha is playing during the scene of like this cockroach attack scene where she's killing all the roaches. So, you know, yeah, cockroaches explode in the microwave. So that felt really gremlins-y. Um, it also just kind of reminded me of the bar scene in Gremlins where it's just kind of chaos and the, and the one waitress trying to deal with it. Um, so yeah, that was a weird tone uh, amongst all the uh, craziness and carnage. And I think, I think, with all the gore that's in this movie, the grossest, most disgusting scene is that pancake syrup all over the feet of that How girl with the headphones. How gross is that? Yeah. <laughs> was, okay, rubbing I, it on her legs and shit. I'm like, Ugh. Okay, so that was pancake syrup? 
I thought she pissed herself for some reason. Oh, oh. no, she yeah, she brought up that mo- her mom or yeah. who was it? Yeah, okay. Her aunt, her aunt her brought up them pancakes. All right, I, dude, I totally thought that was just her pissing herself for some oh. weird reason that they. Included. I have no idea why. They, <laughs> Makes just yeah. as much sense. They were try- really trying to sell the fact that the how the roaches get to the ant in the bed. They're following the trail of syrup. But they overplay it. Like you can see the syrup on. You can see her spill the syrup on her way up the stairs. You go. You cut back and you see the syrup on the stairs. And then just to make sure we drive the point <laughs> home, she's got syrup all over her feet. Yeah, yeah she, she brings Aunt Clara uh, carpet cakes in bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, nice. very, very, very nice of her. Oh my god! I, wanna- I need a dog. That you know, I, I spilled bacon grease on the floor tonight, and the dog took care of all that. So. <laughs> but yeah, it has some good gore, some um again really cool effects and with the roaches and dealing with the roaches. And this is a movie again, this was another one that's like, okay, we're gonna do a bug movie. I have to put the nest on the list because I've never seen it and I've always wanted to see it because I remember back in the day of you know Fangoria magazine and Gore's Gore Zone magazine and just seeing the pictures from the nest in this and they showed the pictures of like the dad deteriorating or the hybrid queen at the very end they showed a lot of pictures of the hybrid queen and in, in fango and so i'm like i've, I've got to see how that makes sense well it doesn't but uh it's still very very cool so i i really dug the nest myself that's my two cents me too. Same page. I, I I liked it a lot. It's probably the second favorite one of these. Um, I I liked a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it had some tone troubles, but not as bad as the first movie. And <laughs> you know, a lot of the gore and stuff's cool, and yeah, it was neat. And wasn't uh, that the main girl in in something else that you love? What was that? The love interest girl. Oh yeah, she was. Uh, um, she was the female punk. Member of the gang in class of 1984. That's right. That's right. Mm. Okay. I love that freaking movie. Oh, yeah. That movie's awesome. That's pre uh, Back to the Future Michael J. Fox, right? That's right. Little baby Michael J. Fox is in that. I mean, he still looks the but same. Just little baby. And then I couldn't understand how the bad guy, the dad, could be the bad guy in that in that sweater. You know, like, how do you, <laughs> how do you be? He reminded me of the uh, bad guy in um, Jason Takes Manhattan. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, the that f- was it. The <laughs> whole oh, movie. Yeah. Who he looked like. <laughs> he looks and acts like him. Like, you're not, you're just an asshole in a, in a bad sweater, dude. Totally. <laughs> oh, my uh-huh. God. You hit the nail on the head. Oh, I need to see a picture. There he is. Yes. Those eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the eyebrows. Oh, one last thing real quick, and then I'll let somebody else go. But uh, again, yeah, director um, Terrence H. Winkless, uh, most famous for directing many episodes of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and also not being able to wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, put the rim shot in there. Yeah, I thought one of the main actresses was only going to take this role if they found a director that couldn't wink because she had problems in the past where people were trying to hit on her and stuff. But I guess that's not true. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Apparently, they wanted her to do yeah, nude scenes and she didn't want to do it. And... <laughs> with, Hen- with Henry Winkler. Oh. <laughs> he, now, he can wink. Uh, like dude, like a mother. 
This was good. This was on Tubi as well. Is that where we saw it? Did I make that up? I think this one's on Prime? I think Amazon I watched, Prime. Yeah, I think yeah. I watched Where this on Prime. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. It's cool. It's it's eighties, you know. That's it reeks yeah. of its eightiness, and that's why it, that, all these it goes movies, down all right, you know. All these movies rank of their time period. Big yes, time. that's a good point. Oh, I don't think I will be buying the the Screen Factory special edition Blu-ray of this one, but uh, it was fun. Yeah. I think I'd have a better time watching it with like a group of people than on my by myself. You know, that's why I watch it. So, oh, sure, yeah. With a group, I think it'd be a lot more fun for me. Yeah, I think I would watch it again. You know. Yep. I agree with that. Andy, did you say anything? Um, I think I pretty much said all I needed to say. I mean, you guys have kind of pretty much, yeah, you know, said what I what I what I felt about it. I mean, I thought I thought some of the effects were were really good, and like with the uh, the doctor getting her hand munched on, and I just the uh, really really slapstick stuff, you know, with uh, Homer blowing up his own house. I mean, what's with people oh, yeah. in like yeah. what's with like people in flammables in this movie? You know, they're just they're they're yeah. very they're they're very careless. He, yeah, he throws the cigarette down on the trail of gasoline, and then he then he later he's like. They blew up my house. <laughs> yeah, they, he blames it on the bugs. It's, it's <laughs> no, hilarious. You, you dumbass. <laughs> yeah. um, but house, I mean, house explosion. I'm sorry. That house explosion, real quick. Um, uh, well, actually, I'm sorry. It was the maybe it was the house and the pickup um, was stock footage from humanoids from the deep because uh, this was oh, a con- okay. Concord production. Yeah, Julia, Roger Mar- uh, Julie Corbin yeah. produced this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Um, some some of the one-liners that Homer uses, and like he hate like when the sheriff hands him like that that empty uh, container of what what looked like to be like either a T-bone or a pork chop. Could a bug do this? Oh yeah, if he had a knife and a fork. Um, <laughs> Homer's on. Awesome. Just yeah, really yeah, really. I mean, he he really is like the the gem of the film. Um, but yeah, the dad trend, the dad transforming, uh, at the end. I mean, I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, it, you know, it showed shades of, uh, Debbie from night nightmare four and st- and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it definitely had that, uh, that con I knew what kind I, you knew it was the the new Concord sort sort of feel to it. I mean, it just it gave me that, like I, like you said, the humanoids from the deep kind of vibe, and like you know that sort of. Uh, and I know it's like nowhere near the same kind of film, but it had the same kind of production value. Like when we watched like Sorority uh, House Massacre, you know, it, it had it had stuff, but it had its limitations as well. And. Um, yeah, uh, I would. I might watch it again. Uh, just, just ma- mainly due uh, to the effects. But I mean, it's just like there's a lot of uh, like in terms of of character development. Like, just like the the thing that really troubled me about this film uh, is. Just the whole thing, the love, the love triangle. It just like we said, like you, like we went over before. It wasn't, it wasn't even needed. She still could have done those scenes, like in the diner where she's like 
recreating the Gremlins bar scene. She didn't even need to be involved with the sheriff. I it's, mean, they they still could, so they still could have done that. It's it's just so weird because it's like we need to have somebody to root for, and he should be the guy that we're rooting for. And this makes Absolutely. us not really want to, you know, because he's being exactly. a sort of uh, shithead. Yeah. Um. Then. Oh shit! What 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 else was there that just I couldn't? Yeah, there, there's there's certain things that uh, that really uh, that really that really kind of kind of sunk it for me. I mean, if they would have made slight adjustments, if they would have made like these slight adjustments, it would have been better in in my opinion. But but if you came hey. across the the VHS or Laserdisc, then maybe <laughs> you'd pop it in. I just, just, just for like, like what Tad said, just the, the nostalgic cover horror in me. And I would just, I would, I would probably, if it was cheap, yeah, I'd buy buy it. But, but, you know, because I remember seeing it in like, you know, video kingdom and stuff like that. And I'm just like, Ooh, what's that? And I'm like, then my parents would be like, get the hell away from that. You're not watching that. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why later I became like this freaking horror nut. You know, I was, I was, I was a late bloomer, which is why I, I think one of the reasons why I like, kind of like what, like to watch older stuff anyway is because this was what I was missing. So it's like a big, like, you know, screw you to my childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Very nice. Well, cool. Um, Those are the films, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for the topic of bugs. Bugging. But fear not, gentle listeners. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, it'll be segments time on the show. Um, also, if you do like Attack of the Killer podcast, check out all the other shows on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, including Geeking Poetic. Yay. And then also check out our new attackers, um, Joe and Ryan, and their um, show as well, Late Night Psychorama. Um, that and so many other shows on the network. Uh, you can go to thepfpn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we are back, and it's time for the segments, segments of the show. <laughs> and we're going to do the segment that we always do when we start segments, and that's the segment called Shoutouts. It's time for Shoutouts! All right, we asked, what are your favorite horror movie horror movies about bugs? And in our Facebook group edition, we had Trevor, Trevor Meckelhen, he says, Creep Show. Woo! It's good. Whoa, he's really happy about that. It's Creep Show. Them! Exclamation. Yeah, that movie's awesome. Yep. And The Swarm. 
pretty good. Us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking something else. Yeah, The Swarm <laughs> is awesome. Cool. I'm glad to know I'm not the only one in the world that likes that movie. <laughs> it might just be you too, then. Probably, probably. Made for TV, another great 70s um, Bugs Gone Wild movie. Yep, yep. Then over on our Facebook proper official page, we got Wes Worthing says Squirm from 1976. I watched this in a theater twice when I was 10. Hi, Wes. You're awesome. Lucky Ben. You're awesome, Wes. But um, my girlfriend said the same thing. She said Squirm, and I kept correcting her. So I'm going to have to do it here now as well. (laughs) Um, Worms are bugs. Oh, what? Uh technicality sorry but, Wes but Squirm is awesome directed by um, Jeff Lieberman uh, and uh, the um, the scene that the bugs are cro- or the bug, the worms are oh. digging into oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <Is it> Mike? <laughs> the worms are digging into the guy's face and he's trying to pull him out Though that effect was done by Rick Baker Rick Baker, nice. Um, next, we got Scott Reeves. Reebsman says Mosquito from 1994 is my jam. <laughs> it's awesome what they were able to accomplish on a low budget, and it seems like it was a lot of fun to make. Camp bloody fun. Still have not seen Mosquito, so oh. I need to do that. Anybody else? I haven't. I think I nope. I might have seen a trailer for that, or I might be mixing that up with Skeeter, which was another Mosquito movie from around the mid-90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we got our attacker, Andrew Moeller says The Bay. <gasps> Dang, that movie fucking rules. Oh yeah, that does. I freaking love that movie. Kind of forgot about that one. Yep. I guess that would that would qualify. Yep. So yeah. And then he says David Cronenberg's The Fly and the original with Vincent Price. Slither, Dead Ant, and Arachnophobia. Which I'm guessing Mike's going to disqualify that one too. Yeah, spiders aren't bugs. Anyway, up next, thanks, Andrew. Up next, we got Brian Clark. You know Brian. Woo, Brian! And uh, he says, and this is going to be a shocker to you, but he says, Phase 4 is one of my favorite (laughs) science fiction films of all time. As I've discussed on the show before. It's so funny because anytime Tina... uh, Talks about something that she, I don't know that she doesn't like or is slow. She's like, she's like, well, it's better than watching ants crawl around for fucking two hours. And I'm like, oh, oh come on. I'm like, I love Phase Four. Phase Four I thought, is awesome. I, I thought so too. He says, never has ninety minutes of people doing math at ants been so gripping. <laughs> <laughs> doing math at ants. He's right. It's it's a good movie. Um, all five movies in the Fly franchise are great, with Cronenberg's remake at the top of the heap, William Castle's Bug, about prehistoric bombardier beetles with hive mind hatred for humanity, is a lot of fun. Brian might be the one that first made me aware of Bug. Oh, good job, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. God, that movie's awesome. So I know we've talked about it back in the day when he was on the show. And he says... And no killer bug movie night is complete without Bert I. Gordon's Empire of the Ants. Yeah, that actually is a really awesome movie. Yeah. And the ants get smart in that, too. So it's scary. Then we got attacker Tim Lennerer says, do tongue-devouring isopods count? The Bay is an extremely good found footage horror movie from Barry Levinson. I'm going to have to look up 
if isopods would be considered yeah. bugs. <laughs> Because I've been calling everybody else out. That's true. You look at they're up. all yelling at me right now. But I suppose they're but the bay's <laughs> awesome. It is. He's no idea if he wanted to make a horror movie or if that's just what he could get the funding for. Um, but he brought decades of filmmaking experience to bear on making the uh, audience squirm. Yeah, no movie has done a more terrifying scene where it's just audio. When those two police officers go into the house and yeah. all you hear is, you know, their reactions and their screams and the gunfires like over the police radio. Freaking awesome. Yep. And then we got, oh, Vito's going to love this one. He's, uh, we got Mike Murphy. I don't know if you know this, but Badass Booze Body Count is back, Mike. It's back and better than ever. That's right. Mike says, Starship Troopers. Yeah, Good. buddy. It can't be fun with massive amounts of gore. I almost rewatched it for this episode just to have for fun. I, I'm meaning I'm going to watch it soon because it's been forever. I just, every time I go to it, I'm like, oh, it's like seven hours long. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's longer than I thought it was. So I always get nervous and I don't push play, but I need to watch it again. You can't judge a movie based on its length, Jason. That's true. I, it's, I'm hanging out with Tad too much. He's influencing me that way. Very true. Up next, we got Don and Ellie. He says, mosquito, ticks, larva, mansquito. (laughs) (laughs) They crawl and they nest for the campier side of the genre. More serious stuff would be the fly franchise, the bay, and the tingler. Oh, I suppose the tingler is not a real insect. I'll look into okay, it. Okay. Uh, next, we got Chris Anderson says, Starship Troopers. Yeah. Patty Forrest Johnson says, Bug. Good answer, Patty. Movie's awesome. Nina Romaine says, Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Because there's two movies called Bug. There's probably more. It's there's not that, the one with that William, that William Freakin movie from a decade which i almost watched you need to start putting the years yeah next to our homework well it wouldn't have been bad if you watched it because it's a really good movie and um it technically doesn't isn't really about bugs but it's about bugs yeah it's more like in your brain psychological craziness up next are are maggots bugs yeah eventually because i just think of that uh Seen from Hellraiser 2 now. Oh, I know. oh yeah. That's good. You're eating, you're eating maggots, Michael. Oh. <laughs> Definitely the bay, she says. Nina says the bay. Whether it counts or not, it's a good movie. Mike Reeb, you know, the Reebster. Reebster. He says there are so many. Good one here. He says Joe's apartment. Yes, oh, <laughs> man, I love Joseph. Says, that many roaches is horrifying. No shit. The very first MTV movie. Oh man, it's fun. Uh, Mosquito is awesome, mainly because of it of Gunnar Hansen. I didn't know he was in that. Yep, because I haven't seen it. Slugs is fantastic. Plus, it rhymes with bugs, so it should count. <laughs> so there, Mike. Uh, but nothing beats the classics. Them. Tarantula, mm. beginning of the end, and yes. the fly movies. Beginning of the end. I think that's mm. also a Bird Eye Gordon film. And uh, it's about giant grasshoppers. Check it out. Mysteries. You'll love it, Jason. There's a Mystery Science oh. Theater 3000. Cool. Episode. I'll just watch that. Yep. 
Um, and then there was uh, no one had uh, commented on Instagram, which you can do, people. Just follow us over there, Attack of the Killer Podcast. Um, but we got some on Twitter. Uh, we got Attacker Brian Godsill says, Gotta love ticks, and it has Clinton Howard in it. Yeah, see, Jason. <laughs> I say something, he says, Anything with Clinton Howard gets love from me. Well, yeah, Jason. Maybe you and Mike, but <laughs> it doesn't guarantee love. I'm just saying. But good picks, Brian. Uh, next, we got uh, Nightmare Junkhead at Woo! Nightmare Junk. Yeah, what is their full? Oh, Nightmare Junk. Yep. Uh, they say um, it's only part of an anthology, but boy, it is a creepy crawly way to go out on. But they're creeping up on you segment from Creep Show always makes me squirm. Yep. It's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, they also come back and say, although not a bug movie, I did recently experience slugs for the first time and it was eye exploding goodness. Up next, we got the junk food cinema podcast at junk food cinema says, Mant. <laughs> yes, I know it's not a real movie, but instead the movie within matinee. No, I don't care. But, and then they put a little picture. It's really cute. Good pick. Uh, and then we got Howard um, Pirat at H-F-P-I-E-R-A-T-T. He says, the cockroach scene in Creepshow. That's a good one. And that's all we had over on Twitter. Um, you can leave us comments anytime. You can also give us a call on our voicemail, and we'll play your message on the show. You can give us a call at 415-952-6857. Uh, the shortcut to that number is 415-95-AOTKP, and that's shout-outs. Oh, but we're not done yet, folks. We have another celebrity visit. Come to introduce the last segment. I'm pretty excited about this. I don't even know who it is. I just I get to push this button, and they get to come on and introduce you. So here I'm pushing the button. Hey there. This is Sam Elliott for Attack of the Killer podcast. Now, I ain't seen in as many horror movies as you fellers. And, well, I will say this. I was in Frogs and that, hit, that Hitler and Bigfoot movie, whatever it was. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell, I, will, I will say this. I was in a movie called Mask. And uh, seeing uh, Eric Stoltz and that whole Rocky Dennis get up was creepy enough. But I'll tell you this: uh, being the love interest of Sheriff was pretty damn spooky, considering she was 123 goddamn years old at the time. <laughs> Let that, you go ahead and pick that around in your brain while Insane Mike makes his picks. See you on down the trail. <laughs> Thank you, Sam Elliott. I loved you in Frogs. Uh, the movie for this insane pick is not Frogs. It's Zoltan, Hound of Dracula from 1977, also known as Dracula's Dog. 
Russian soldiers accidentally unleashed the servant of Dracula as well as his pet dog during an excavation in Romania. Together, they set out on a family road trip to America to find the last of the Dracula bloodline. Meanwhile, the Drake family is also excited about their upcoming vacation, a month-long camping trip. What family ever takes a month-long camping trip to a clear lake away from civilization? And they even bring their two German shepherds, Annie and Samson, and the two puppies. So together in their fully loaded camper, which they end up just making the kids sleep outside in the dirt while they sleep in the nice cozy bed inside the camper. Um, and the Drax family uh, in their camping hearse, I guess, end up in the same location in the woods and hilarity ensues. This film is directed by Albert Band, the father of Full Moon's Charles Band, who also directed uh, such films as I Bury the Living, Ghoulies 2, and Robot Wars. Uh, it has Reggie and Nalder as um, the kind of Renfield-type character that uh, is basically driving the dog around to try to find the last descendant of Dracula. Um, Michael uh, Patakia. Uh, plays both Dracula and the father, Michael Drake, in this movie. So um, that should clue you in on who the last descendant of Dracula is, or at least who they think it is. Jose Ferrer is in it. That's awesome. He plays the inspector in the movie. Um, so it, it's a fun movie. It, it drags a bit, but, uh, you know, hey, a vampire dog running around, um, you know, killing people and stuff. You can't beat that. I'm just sucking the blood from from people and whatnot. And the dog even has its own flashback to when it first became a vampire. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, I have it on the anchor Bay DVD release, which is, I, you know, long out of print right now. So I'm not sure where you can actually see this. I should have probably done research to help you guys out, track this one down, but um, I didn't. So, whatever uh so but it's it's a it's a lot of fun definitely check it out uh it's got a great tagline there's more to a legend than meets the throat that's right 1977 Sultan, <laughs> hound of dracula very nice i've always heard about the dog flashback <laughs> so that's hmm. yeah not enough dog flashbacks right <laughs> <clears throat> Anyway, so that concludes another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Special thanks to our guest, Vito. Thanks for being on, man. Thanks for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, tell everybody where uh, they can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, so uh, I do a podcast called Geeking Poetic. We are part of the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. Um, I do that podcast with my friends Larry and Megan. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all at Geeking Poetic do it people yes definitely do it good stuff okay and as we sign off a little word to the wise sleep sleep tight attackers and don't let the bed bugs boys (laughs) i don't get it oh no could this be the end of attack of the killer podcast Attack of the Killer Podcast
Boom, 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 boom. Join, join the attackers today. Hip, 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 hooray. Join, join the attackers today. Yes, you, Sally, you, Bob, and you also, Ray. It won't cost you a whole lot of booty, but it is your American duty Join, join the attackers today. You better do what a freak could say. Join the attackers.com.